made. It's yeah, got the in the seventies and eighties, you know, heyday for a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. Or really stretching their legs and just throwing everything at the wall to see what would stick. Even stuff that didn't stick, they just sent it out anyway. It was awesome. Do you have any like favorite cult directors or actors? Um I honestly can't think of any only because when I watch a movie, I seem to not be able to see those people again in anything else. So I won't remember the names. Heather's is a cult film. Well, I guess it is, isn't it? I would say The Legend of Billie Jean. You know I love that movie. That is oh, my favorite, yeah. favorite, favorite Fair favorite is fair. Movie. Fair is fair. That's like the dude abides. Yep. That movie, I'm telling you, I've never gotten tired of it. I must have seen it hundreds, hundreds of times. Gotten so many copies. It's it's very ridiculous, but I love it. There's, there's just, man, I'm telling you, sometimes I watch so much cult stuff. It kind of, you know, when you just like sink yourself into something and it just seems like, well, clearly everybody else knows about this too. I think yeah. that's where I am. I watch so much stuff like that, and I bring it up. People are like, what, what the hell are you talking about? I've never even heard of that. What are you talking about? And they bring up something on TV, and I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, I watched <laughs> The Practice. Law and Order. I love ID. It's my favorite channel. Oh, like, never uh, mind. You're not going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I have no idea. That shit <laughs> See? gives me indigestion. See? <laughs> I'm saying. We want, we want stuff where somebody like takes an old dusty VHS off the top of a, sh- a shelf no tag on it nobody knows what the hell it is we're like pop that shit in let's see it that's what we want to see and too many things I've seen where you know on uh, you catch things on TV in the old days and you never see the beginning never yeah. so if you ever see it again you may not even know that you watched it and loved it because mm-hmm. you've never seen the beginning I am stuck there with a lot of things, which is very strange, but it's true. That Saturday Up All Night show, that show, I would fall asleep waiting for it and then wake up. In the middle of it. What the fuck am I watching? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Have you seen The Forbidden Zone? I have seen The Forbidden Zone. I think I have it. It's done by. It's done by Oingo Boingo. I'm pretty sure I have a compilation with it on. Dude, it's got Harvey Villiers in it. Mm. Fucking Danny Elfman plays Satan. <laughs> yeah, like the plot is just it's fucking wild. I'm pretty sure I have it. Actually, I think I know exactly where it is. I have to watch I think I started some of it and then it's, wandered off. Yeah, it's fucking out there. Yeah. It's you you sit down. I remember when uh they played it like six times in a row. I think it was on either the Sundance channel or IFC. Oh, and yeah. I, I just sat there watching it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I was like just trying to pin down like what the fuck? Like what what were these people on? <laughs> 
Um, another great uh, cult director is Kenneth Anger. If you've seen any of his films, yeah, I wouldn't even consider him cult. I would consider him, you know, an experimental underground director who kind of like leans on cult. Well, it, his stuff, if it gets any kind of like serious traction, it will be cult. Because I guess you have to have the following. If it's just obscure and no one's ever seen it but six people, and most of those people worked on the movie, that doesn't really count. But I guess if you get like 20,000 fans, right, then you're about there. Yeah. He influenced some of the greatest directors of all time. Martin Scorsese, David Lynch, John Waters. I believe it. There's a good story about uh, one of Anger's films, Lucifer Rising. Mm -hmm. He originally had contacted Bobby Busilli to do the soundtrack. Bobby Busilli was part of the Manson family. Mm -hmm. He ended up going to jail. So at the last minute, he was like, hey, Jimmy Page, can you do a score for this? wild yeah yeah it's out there i'll tell you what his stuff scorpio rising um just it borders on like almost like what you would watch to get inducted into a cult yeah you know like you know he was chewing on peyote or or something like it's fucking out there man i believe that it's really far out. I, I I love it. I mean, his his films are so strange and so short mm-hmm. that when you by the time it's over, you're like, wait, what? Like, what? what was this real? How much did this cost to make? <laughs> were they like, were they acting at gunpoint? Right. Is Another great director is uh, Alejandro uh, uh, Jodorowsky or Jodorowsky, El Topo, mm-hmm. where he took Spaghetti Western and blended it with a Bible somehow. That sounds crazy. Yeah, it became real serious when John Lennon was like, yeah, I've seen it like 20 times. Mm-hmm. And uh, Freaks, uh, the 1932 film. Uh-huh. Think about how many times one of us, one of us. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's like cult can be filth, Roger Corman type stuff. Mm-hmm. It can be directed by, uh, you know, the Coen brothers. Right. It could be directed by someone as far out as John Waters. I mean, Harold and Maude is a cult film. And that plot is fucking weird, man. But I'm not I'm not gonna knock it because dude, that has had to have happened. It was the seventies. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. But you know, back to David Lynch, a racer head. Right that is one of those movies where you watch it once and that's kind of all you really need unless you're showing somebody else like hey i got this to show you right and then you're watching them watch it yeah and it's it's kind of like you're doing a a, like a, a 
your own like study or uh, an experiment you know you kind of feel like a mad scientist (laughs) yeah it's fucking wild some of the films that they've put out over the years oh yeah for sure I, I just I just don't know how they got made but I'm glad they did well, like I said, I think they just, they probably got made during that time when everything just like just before everything became corporate and it was more about the art. You know, if you figure so many folks, you know, first thing people go, they go to New York. It's about the art. And then anything that comes out of New York, well, that's just art. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, just then everybody runs up there and everybody just pushes out whatever they can push out and whatever gets picked up and distributed that's a win or oh man I used to live in South Florida and they had all these oh in Austin too these um indie and triple x theaters there was always some hack on the street trying to pass off these yeah dressed up like a chicken trying to sell tickets passing out flyers You'd go into a lot of those those places and see the weirdest. I don't. I don't even know what I saw, but most of it was weird. <laughs> I have no that's idea. Usually, that's usually the feeling after the first time you watch a cult film. It's like, what? What did I just watch? Right. But it, it, it hits. It ticks all the boxes for like you know that was good. But what the fuck? That's what I'm saying. Like I'll have to go and look at like. Um, I think Dobie's website, Austin, I think the one, and, and I can find out what those movies were, but I think the one that I'm thinking of in South Florida, I think they're all triple X now. If, if that, they even exist anymore. But that was very strange. And also, when you see people, it is humid as hell. 91 degrees, wearing a trench coat for real, and a black, and shades going into these places we can see you and it's hot you're the only yeah only somebody wearing trench coats in florida on the same street where there's triple x theaters we know where you're going you might as well put on some flip-flops and some shorts you'll be more incognito if you did that was ridiculous really and then what was very interesting about these uh theaters first they weren't adult theater Old movie theaters, they uh, old movies. X didn't mean like adult. It didn't mean pornographic. Mm-hmm. So you had a bunch of creeps going into these theaters thinking, you know, porno. Be porn. And they, they end up seeing Evil Dead or something. Yeah, some black and white movie, and they're in there throwing popcorn at the screen because it's like they didn't come for that kind of show. It was pretty hilarious, and because it was between the house and my school i would stop in pretty regularly and catch a show like i said i don't know what most of that stuff was but it was awesome and also pervs like for real but it was cool and they had like the old-fashioned box offices you know those that theater was clearly was built in the 70s it looked like it and smelled like it it but it was awesome it was part of the experience Do you have a favorite 
cult film? Like something that you could watch, you know, six times in a row? Uh, I'll have to one favorite probably not i could think of a few i like uh, like i said i'm gonna get you something i like the last dragon i love the last oh, very so gory's last dragon yes i love Showing that. Up. yes <laughs> so good Harlem. i'm like oh yeah. lord <laughs> i watched that on betamax that is awesome i need that on betamax i yeah, love I that movie and you know i'm not trying to be all like oh i only like you know, black m- movies that it just happened that way. Like the first time I saw them, my grandmother had them dubbed on VHS, and the, like the yeah. beginning and the end were cut off, <laughs> where you could tell somebody just caught it and they like scrambled for a, a tape and put it in and hit record. Yeah. It was clearly that. So yeah, and I'll uh, try to think of what else. There are actually a lot, but like favorites that I've watched over and over. Um, there are some horror ones. There's May, which was like very disturbing. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. Love that movie, yes. Yeah, it's good. And like Ginger Snaps and stuff, that was oh, good. Yeah. That amazing. It was so hard to watch, but you felt so bad for. And you could feel yeah. it, the despair, the desolation. You're just like, That's this, all. this sucks. That's all good acting. That's right. And that, that's the thing about cult films is that a lot of the times they've got better acting than blockbuster films. True. And I mean, starvation and hunger, fuel and all that. And, and also... They have a lot of the most interesting people in those movies too. You know, they have faces that are not going to make it in Hollywood, but will oh yeah, cult movie. And they will have some phenomenal skills, phenomenal. But you can just tell something's weird about their face, so they're not going to make it. And who was the dude that was in Maniac that died a real weird death? The 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 main the, the maniac. Can't remember his name. Are we talking about? The actor or the, yeah, the the actor, the main actor that does all the the weird fetish stuff with the uh, mannequins. Uh, the fuck was his name? Oh come on! He had a face like that. You yeah. know he wasn't gonna make it anywhere anywhere else. Hold on a second. Truth. And you know that face when you see, but see, that's the thing too. Like if you have a recognizable face, you know, like the Asian dude that was in everything. He was in uh, the little China movie. Oh yeah. James Hong. Yeah. Nobody knows his name, but you, but we all know his face. That man has been in 4 million movies, always in the background somewhere. Always. Yeah. He supposedly just got, his uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame. They need to put his face on that so we know who he is. Because I'm not, not going to remember this after you said. I'll call you like, what was that little Asian man's name? Yeah, him. <laughs> Dude, he is. He honestly, he's he's been in everything. How many Disney films he been in? I'm you know that, that dude has been in so much stuff, and he is a consummate actor. Oh yeah, for sure. And I love it when I see him. As a matter of fact, whenever I look at any kind of movie, like between the 70s and like 2000, 
I'm always searching the scene. So just, he might be back there. And I'm not just like messing around here. He has popped up in some stuff that I was not expecting at all. Joe, Joe Spinelli. Joe Spinell. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy's name with the fucked up face, Joe Spinell. Right. You remember Tom Savini makes um, an appearance in Maniac as a guy in the car. Yeah. Disco boy. Yeah. Disco boy and disco girl. Yeah. Joe Spinell. And also, I'm like, isn't part of being an actor about visibility and memorability? Like, we'll, we'll never forget some of these faces. Yeah, they're not like Hollywood beautiful, Hollywood handsome, but the the fact that they're so recognizable should ma- mean something, but they're so focused on beauty. They would rather have a substandard actor that's a stunner than an, than an, an incredible actor. Sex sells Sex doesn't sell nothing. It sells nothing. You doing tonight? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Excellent. The topic of this episode is going to be cult film films and what makes them cult films. Mm. Well, I know the first cult film is Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. And that was because Stoker's family, or I don't even think it was his family at that point, but his uh, what trustees or something, or I don't know what you would call it, ordered to have all the films destroyed. So that kind of made it a you know a rare viewing, right? You know, and and then it kind of just spread from there. Like, oh, you got to see this movie. It's sort of illegal but you know it's in this weird gray area um i i cult films is are well they are 100 percent fan base right it's all about the fan base exactly. you know those, those movies are not made for general consumption even though sometimes they think everybody will love this and it turns out that, well, it's shit, but the people love shit. Well, some people love shit, or they love the quirkiness of it. And, it, you know, it kind of gets taped or copied and passed along to like minds. And it achieves a, a, a level that uh, once it's there, you know, it kind of can't go away. Right. You know, I think a movie that's meant for the theater could easily be a cult classic. All it has to do is totally bomb. And then the fans find, and they're like, why did this get so many horrible reviews? This was universally panned. But I love this. And they pass it around, and suddenly it is revived. You know who makes a lot of cult films that way? Who's that? Terry Gilliam. Oh, yeah. He he make Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That is probably the most famous cult film that I can think of Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is he? Time Bandits. That movie I fucking hate it, but somehow people love it. 
I like that movie because I saw it when I was a kid. You know how that goes? You see something when you're yeah. a kid and you think it's amazing because you're a kid and you first so, yeah. see So now, of course, it's like keyed into your mind as amazing. I have that. I have it on every possible medium. And I still love it because I remember seeing it when I was a kid. Uh, Time Bandits is one of those movies that is just, it's it's horrible. I know, but there are some horrible movie, movies. There's a, there's a lot of fun and horror and like horrible movies, like hor- like Flash Gordon. That is the oh worst. My God. I love that movie. It is the absolute worst, and I love it. You know, I think really lifts that movie up is the soundtrack. Like Highlander, remember when Highlander came out? Oh yeah, fucking soundtrack, Queen, Freddie Mercury, God rest that man's soul. I know. She- knew how to score a film oh yeah for sure they you know so who, many terrible movies with great soundtracks like who wants to live forever like god damn beautiful fucking music oh yeah Ennio Morricone you know he he's another person that scores films every film that he has done even Salo somehow ended up cult film it's because that music makes there's something in these films that makes you feel a certain way. Right. David Lynch is a huge cult film director. Some people can't fucking stand the man because he's like, I, I would put ten dollars on saying that he is probably an alien. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. That man is a fucking alien. He's just, I have never met anyone like him. Hearing him talk and some of the movies that he's done, Mulholland Drive, like, what the fuck? His earlier films, you know, even Twin Peaks, easy to follow, except for that David Bowie shit and Firewalk with me. Mm-hmm. What was, and then we didn't know what was going on until the, the last season that came out. We knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, that it was this Wendigo and, and, and like there's portals and uh, wormholes and, and dude, I didn't get any of that from the original run of the series. Right. I was like, Oh, this is like a murder mystery X files type thing. And mm-hmm. what was Bob, Bob, the Wendigo. Oh yeah. Uh, 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 sorry for spoiler alerts for anybody who hasn't seen it, but like, what the fuck? If you like Wendigo stories, the in that series Fear Itself that I just did a review on, there is the a phenomenal Wendigo story in that one. For an hour, like for real, they could have they could have made that a whole miniseries. That was amazing. The the cast was perfect. The pacing was perfect. It creeped you the hell out. Just was like cinematography. And like the 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 man who who played the Wendigo was perfect, long, tall, skinny, big old skull. He he was he was creepy when he before he started to change. It was you've got to get that series. You can watch it. It yeah, is completely amazing. They yeah. screwed up like every single episode in that series, but it's amazing. In cult. Doesn't just stick to 
you know, horror or, or comedy or thriller, romance, drama, you know, or anime, like there's a bit of everything. I mean, I mean, Reefer Madness is a cult movie. Yeah. Just because of how ridiculous the whole situation was. I mean, come on. You know what's a, a really shitty but funny in a I don't know if he's joking or not, sort of cult film is what? The Room. Tommy Wiesel. Say that again, the what? The Room. The Room. Okay. <laughs> have you seen that? I don't believe I have. So they did a movie about the making of the movie and James Franco was in it and there was a lot of Oscar buzz about oh. it and then his Me Too thing happened. Mm-hmm. But that, that movie and the book that it's based on that made that, like, what the fuck? There's another person I would pay, place $10 on for being an, an actual vampire or an alien. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. I did oh. not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Monk. <laughs> it's it, it, like this movie is, is about as quotable as a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, my gosh. I love Rocky Horror Picture Show. If I'm you watching. love that, you should definitely not watch The Room. I would watch The Room just to say that, hey, yeah, I've watched it. It's <laughs> it's it's I- so bad it's good adult swim played it for 24 hours straight on april fool's day one year that's cool it it's the movie poster itself you got this wonk-eyed man and it's just oh my god (laughs) no but i like crazy movies like have you ever seen i'm gonna get you sucker Oh yeah, dude! I love the that movie. That is so insane. I love it. And uh, the the other one that they did, uh, "Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood." Yeah. Great. Those that family man. They put out some amazing stuff, you know. And Living Color, that's a a cult TV show, right? I don't even think they've ever released that. Yeah. Oh, another didn't... one is Hamburger, the motion picture. That was so that was so bad. I love it. I haven't love seen it. that, but you showed me the case and I was like, Bill Murray's in this? Man, I love it so much. You know, Oi almost knows the theme song. I <laughs> <laughs> like oh, it. So you can listen to it. It's it's very catchy. So she almost knows it. You'll hear her like humming it as you walk by. It's pretty pretty hilarious. Let me see. I think the movie's on. Wait, let me see. YouTube. Oh yeah, here it is. Let's let's listen. Thank you. 
<laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, that song was serious. <laughs> and this movie is completely ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It has a crazy amount of sex in it. It is dumb as hell. I love it. Really. I this it. moment, like when when these kids are their early 20s, they go to the Burger Academy where they learn to, to work in these franchises. They are completely completely ridiculous and when they get put in timeout they have these timeout booths it's like a giant pickle and then they squirt condiments all over your head all day and they're out you know I might I might have seen that on Up All Night mm-hmm. and their living sounds- quarters their beds are giant burgers and they have like pickle pillows it's completely ridiculous and I want to yeah that sounds super familiar. Yeah, it's on YouTube. So just hamburger the motion picture and you can watch it. It's it's very terrible, but I love it. Fucking wild. <laughs> um Ed Wood made a lot of uh, cult films, you know. Uh, I think one of one of the uh prerequisites for being a cult film is it's got to be quotable oh yeah for sure and it has to be referenced you know um what was that one movie uh night of the hunter where robert mitchum's got love and hate tattooed on his knuckles right that's Um, everywhere like that is um, yeah how many times have you seen that so I can't, I can't, like, if somebody's in a movie with knuckles and, like, a jean jacket or a leather vest, they have that tattooed on their fist. Yeah, I mean, this is something that is referenced so much that you don't know where it came from. Right. Um, The Big Lebowski, oh, that's okay. another huge cult film, you know? There's people who live like the dude. Oh, yeah. The dude abides. That is such an amazing, simple tagline that, you know, like that'll live, that'll live forever. Well, right. And, you know, before I even saw that movie, I, somebody said it and I knew immediately where it came from. I never even saw the movie yet. It's like what uh, Quentin Tarantino did for. Wait, are you there? Because it just went dead again. I was. I had the screensaver pop up. Damn. Oh, okay. Um, what I said was uh, Quentin Tarantino and Steeler's Wheel. You know, stuck in the middle with you. Right. You hear that? The first thing you start thinking about is Michael Madsen doing his little slow, creepy dance. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Uh, animation. Uh, Akira, Ghost in the Shell. I mean, even Ralph Bakshi's original stuff back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Fritz the Cat, uh, Coonskin. And then you had like the early 80s of heavy metal. Coonskin has one of the most 
fucked up theme songs sung by Scatman Crothers. Mm-hmm. I believe they ended up calling it something else because that is a little racist. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. But that was the original name in 1975. And then there was like, you know, the nonfiction uh, cult films like uh, Mondo, mm-hmm. Mondo Universe, Mondo Kane, um, Adio Africa, Adio Uncle Tom. Like this was like a seven, eight, maybe 10 thick movies that were just at the time they were considered sick and you ended up like what was it like late 80s early 90s faces of death Mm -hmm. that is super cult too right guys admitted that they faked it all there's there's like cult is borderline mainstream and somehow it's like you have to be in the know and I think it, it has, I think there are times too where it's um, like, here's a thing that's kind of strange, but also you could consider a cult more like, like a momentary thing. When I was in, after boot camp, when I went to training in um, North Carolina, um, while we were on duty on watch, um, we would watch Dragon Ball Z. Oh, that's everywhere, but man. But we watch it in Japanese. Somebody had, yeah. had them dubbed on VHS. And we Do watched you... the entire thing over and over. Like, for real, we were on the verge of knowing Japanese. Did, was... did you see the films that they made back then? Mm-hmm. And Hitler would pop up? Yeah, that and... was crazy. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> It made you feel like you were dropping acid or maybe like you nodded off yeah. and turned it for a minute. It's like, what the fuck? Am I sleeping here? Like, did this really just happen? Yeah, you look around at other people to see if they saw what you just saw because um, you're pretty sure you didn't just see that because that was crazy. My favorite, um, like, I guess, subsection of the cult film is what they call a sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. Um like well of course the rocky horror picture show uh easy rider mm-hmm. mad max right halloween was a sleeper hit uh-huh. nightmare on elm street scream blair witch project even saw i, I think mean, i think horror is the home of cult really because without the fans driving it horror would be nowhere because don't get me wrong, there are some geniuses that have put out some genius stuff, but without the fans like screaming them on and begging yeah. and pleading for more, those people wouldn't even have a job without the fans. Like really, like it's so strange to me that seemingly only recently has, I don't know, corporations started taking horror fandom and their dollars seriously. Like how is that possible? You know what I watched last night, and it's it's a cult film that has Josh Brolin in it. No, it's not the Goonies. It's 1986's Thrashing. Hmm. That is so fucking ridiculous that 